Hello and welcome to the Lisper Podcast. Once again, I am your host Tyrone, and today's episode is going to be special because it's another episode where your boy is going to make a valiant effort to not say any cuss words. And I don't want to say any cuss words because there is a group of people that I want to listen to this episode who don't approve of that kind of language. Um, a group of people who don't use that kind of language. And um, I'm trying to be diverse and I'm trying to reach out to a different group. And so today's episode is called Witness. And I'm going to be talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. Not particularly about Jehovah's Witnesses, but about my experience um, growing up in a Jehovah's Witness, half a Jehovah's Witness household. And the other thing is this, before I even get into it, I'm going to make a disclaimer right now. I don't usually talk about religion. I don't usually talk a lot about politics. Now, when I'm saying that I'm doing this episode about growing up in Jehovah's Witness household, I'm not going to be talking about what Jehovah's Witnesses believe as opposed to whatever religions believe. I'm not going to talk about what their God is or what their beliefs are or or none of that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into whether their religion is the true religion or if any or if their religion is different from any other religion or none of that stuff. I'm just going to talk about my personal experience growing up in the Jehovah's Witness house, my personal experience as the witnesses and with my mom and all that. And um just in general, not to say that their religion is right or their religion is wrong or not to get into their beliefs or not to get into the cult stuff and all of the other stuff that people say about them, just as an experience. You know what I mean? Just as how it pertains to what went on in my life. So I'm going to start off by saying that I grew up, my mom was a Jehovah's Witness the whole time. Now, if you, if you, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I always talk about my mom being a Jehovah's Witness and my mom's been a Jehovah's Witness my entire life. And she still is now. She's still faithfully practicing. And, um, I commend her for that because that's hard. And I'm just going to say that I am no longer practicing Jehovah's Witness. I am right now a, um, firm believer in Islam. And I'm not appropriately practicing that right now. And so I'm having issues with that. And so that was also my issue with, with, with being a Jehovah's Witness. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness right now because things in life and, and the way my life went, things had occurred to which I got to a point where I could no longer faithfully and loyally and honestly with myself practice that religion anymore and it's not to say that it's that i still believe or i don't believe it's not to say that i that you know i turned my back on god or i feel as though god turned their back on me it's just inside as a person myself i was no longer able to practice that religion knowing where my life was going and knowing that the, the life choices that i personally was making um being a jehovah's witness just wasn't in the cards and at a certain point, I got to the point where it was no um, return to that for me. And I got to the point where my studying and my and my progression as a human being and as, as a person who I am has led me to Islam. And that's where I am now. And I'm getting better with trying to be a better Muslim brother. And that's where I'm at with that. But this is not a knock on the witnesses. What I'm going to say is this. So we always grew up a Jehovah's Witness. And the first thing that you hear about growing up as a Jehovah's Witness when you talk to people, they all is is the first thing you hear about is, oh, 
you knocked on the doors. You knocked on the doors. You knocked on people's doors. You knocked on people's doors. And all you hear about the knocking on the people's doors is the negative. You know, they saw it on Friday where they slammed the door in the face. They saw it on, uh, you know, they go and they always say what I would do. Or oh, when they knock on my door, I slam the door in their face. When they knock on my door, I, I, I'm, I, I cuss them out. I don't like that. I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, despite the fact that you may not be a believer in their religion, they're human beings and that's ignorant and that's disrespectful and it's bad to treat people that way when really 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 their intentions is to try to save your life you know what i mean they're, they're knocking on your door to try to get you to come into a religion that they honestly wholeheartedly believe will save your life will allow you to live forever they honestly believe that they're attempting to save your life so it's kind of ignorant to close the door in their faces. It's kind of ignorant to be rude and all, and, and all that to them. But I get it. I understand the other side waking you up early on a Saturday morning. You're trying to chill. I get it. I understand that. But the thing is, um, it's not as bad as people make it seem. I've knocked on plenty of doors. And the funny thing is that these doors are not doors. It's not like I'm traveling to go knock on these doors. These doors are called territories. They're in your own neighborhood. So you're knocking on doors of people that you know sometimes. Some of these doors is your family members. Some of these doors is your friends from school or whatever like that. Some of these doors is, is the lady that you see on 60th Street all the time walking in the street that you didn't know she lived there. And this is a lady that you speak to every morning. Hello, how you doing? Hello, how you doing? Hello, how you doing? And then you knock on her door and she comes to the door. Oh, I know you. Yeah, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I want to talk to you. You know, 90% of my experiences with knocking on doors have been pleasant. You know, 90% of my experiences of knocking on doors has been pleasant. I haven't had the real bad situations. I haven't been spit on. I haven't been cussed out. I don't remember a scenario where my mom was ever spit on or cussed out. I've never been with anyone that actually had experience um, being spit on or being cussed out. I've had the door slam in my face. I've had people slam the door. Say, oh, no, I'm not interested. Close the door. You know. But as far as like high-level ignorance, I have not experienced that, and it's not that bad. You know? Plus, the reward was great. <clears throat> Excuse me. The reward was great. I knocked on doors for maybe two hours on a Saturday morning. And then basically once I fulfilled my fulfillment of knocking on those doors on Saturday morning and I've done my chores in my home, my mom, you know, the whole rest of the day was mine. My Saturday was mine. I did whatever I wanted to. My mom didn't care. My mom was basically like, listen, we're going to do the laundry. We're going to clean this house. We're going to um, do our field service, our part for Jehovah. And then you got you kids rock out. So the knocking on the doors wasn't that bad. Walking down the street and trying to give out watchtowers and awakes and magazines and talk to people, it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. The um the other thing I hear about is the no holidays thing. And the no holidays thing didn't bother me as a child that much because um I didn't know what I was missing. I never had holidays as a child. So I didn't know what I was missing. You know, I, you know, people said, oh, you never could have a birthday party, go to a birthday party. Well, I never had a birthday party. 
never went to a birthday party. So I don't know what that is. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know the experience. I know that my dad acknowledged my birthday. My mom acknowledged my birthday. No, we didn't celebrate. No, it wasn't like happy birthday to you. But it was a little, oh, today's your birthday. Oh, you you older now. You older now. There was a little, uh-huh. And if my grandmom gave me something or, or somebody gave me something for my birthday or a card or some money or something like that, my mom didn't say, oh, no, we Jehovah's Witnesses. We're going to turn that away. We Jehovah's Witnesses. He can't have that card. It wasn't like that. It was like, here's your card. It is your birthday. Your grandmom's not a witness. She bought you something. Cool. It's fine. It's dandy. You know, Christmas wasn't that bad. I, I went back to school and kids were talking about what they got for Christmas, but they also already knew that I didn't get anything. So it wasn't a situation where I had to feel embarrassed. It wasn't a situation where I had to feel bad when I went back to school. It was not that kind of situation because when the kids were back at school and they were talking about Christmas, they already knew. Tyrone was a Jehovah's Witness, so he didn't get anything for Christmas. So I wasn't embarrassed by it because it wasn't nothing they can tease me about. They couldn't say, no, 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 you ain't getting nothing for Christmas because it's like, yeah, y'all already know that. And when you go to elementary school, you go to elementary school with the same kids, first grade, second grade. Unless people move, you go to elementary school with the same kids. So they already know. They already know. I went to middle school. I went to elementary school and middle school with some of the same children. Some of the same children from my elementary school went to my middle school. Already knew. Plus, when you go to school as a Jehovah's Witness kid, you go. And back when I was in school, the parents talked to the teachers. My son is a Jehovah's Witness. He don't celebrate holidays, so he don't he won't participate in the holiday celebration stuff. He won't uh, participate in Halloween stuff. I would appreciate if you don't send Halloween projects home for my son. If you if you got a Halloween project, Christmas project, can you give my kids something different to do? Stuff like that. There was a respect there, so I didn't even have to explain it. When I got to school, the teachers already knew, and they already and you know what was funny. When I went to school, there were a lot of witness kids there with me. There was a lot of witness kids. So when the teachers or the parents or the kids or whoever at the school had their little Christmas parties, their little Christmas stuff, the witness kids were able to go and have their own little group. And it was a good group of us. And we got to go have our own little group to the side. And they would bring us the Christmas cookies. And they like, we couldn't get none of the Christmas stuff. We couldn't, it ain't like we was like, no, we don't want the cookies. We ate the cookies. You know what I mean? We had the Christmas cookies. We just didn't participate in the Christmas celebration. We didn't sing the songs. We didn't marry Christmas. We, we didn't decorate. We didn't draw Santa Claus, but we ate them cookies. You know, It wasn't a thing where it's like, we weren't that bad. We weren't like, no, we can't eat your Christmas cookies. We can't eat sprinkles that's red, white, and green. You know what I mean? No, we wasn't that bad. We ate the cookies. You know what I'm saying? But there was a, still a sense of family. I wasn't never embarrassed to be a Jehovah's Witness. I wasn't never ashamed of it. I wasn't never embarrassed to knock on somebody's door because, like I said, most of the territory was in our neighborhood. These people knew me. When these people saw me in my suit on Sundays, they saw me in my suit on Saturday mornings. They saw me in my suit sometimes in the afternoons after school walking down the street. They knew I was Jehovah's Witness. As a matter of fact, my nickname <clears throat> in my neighborhood to this day is Preacher. And they called me Preacher because they saw me with my briefcase and my suit on on Saturday mornings. They saw me with my briefcase and my suit on walking down the street. They saw me with my briefcase and my suit on going to the Kingdom Hall. And I knocked on some of their doors before. 
So when they called me preacher, it wasn't a term of embarrassment. It was a term of endearment. That's Tyrone. That's the young preacher. And I like that representation. That gave me sort of an identity in the neighborhood. I'm the young preacher. I'm preach. And you know what the funny thing is? As far as our neighborhood is concerned, where I grew up at in West Philly, if you had a nickname, you were somebody in that neighborhood. No matter what. No matter what. If they called you by your regular name, you was a nobody. That's the truth about it. You wasn't a deer. You was no one. When they see you down the street and they go, you know that guy? Yeah, that's James. James. James is nobody. You had to have a nickname. The nickname meant you was in. You was in the crew. Because there was C Block. I was right there. C Block. Silver Street. You know, everybody. And even though they were not my type of people, because as a witness, I wasn't supposed to hang with these kind of kids, these kind of guys, these kind of people. But... When C Block gave you a nickname, you know, you feel good. I pump my chest up a little bit. Oh, man, they call me the preacher. <laughs> you know what I mean? I felt good. So I was not, it was not bad growing up as your whole kid. It wasn't, it took a lot of pressure off me too, because Easter took a lot of pressure off me. You understand, I, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So my mom didn't have money that even if we did celebrate holidays with me, my four sisters, my adopted brother, and, 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 all of this other family members and, and all these other people that lived in our house and, and did everything we did. It was, um, it was hard for us to have money. And I said four sisters because I'm including another sister because I had two cousins, Ken and Tasha that stayed here. I had a cousin, Stacy that stayed here. My mom babysit this girl, Zakia that stayed here. The girl from down the street, Sandra was, uh, basically a part of our family. The whole time, you know, so I just incorporate all of them into a pack as one. So I really had three legit mom and dad, same mom, same dad, sisters. And then I had the straggler sisters. And then I had my one uh brother, the one constant out of all the rotating kids, out of all the kids that was rotating in and out of 151, Michael was the constant 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 and he became my brother and um and i love him for that and so uh my mom didn't have a lot of money so if we had easter we wasn't getting um easter clothes anyway so when i went back to school on monday the kids that that wore their easter from easter sunday and they wore their easter <clears throat> sorry they teased other children that didn't have no easter they said oh you don't got no e you didn't get nothing for easter you didn't get no easter clothes they they teased the poor kids I didn't get that teasing. They knew I wasn't coming in on Monday morning with Easter clothes. I don't celebrate Easter. So it took that off of me, you know? And I love the fact that there were so many other witness kids in school, so they knew what I was going through. They knew everything that I was going through, they was going through too. And it's not it's not going through anything, you know? It's not bad as it looks. Yes, there's a lot of rules. Yes, there's a lot of structure, but that's with... I feel like that's what any religion. I don't pretend to know because I've never experienced no other religion except for what I'm experiencing with Islam, but I'm experiencing that as an adult. I don't even know how that affects a child, so I'm not commenting on it. I'm just saying, you know, the pressures and all that didn't really get to me too much. Um, My problem with being a witness was that I ended up getting baptized as a full baptized member of Jehovah's Witnesses when I was a teenager. And 
that experience was bad for me only in the sense that I did not feel as though I was getting baptized to honor the God that I was serving at the time or to be a servant of Jehovah. I felt like I was getting baptized to honor my mother. I was getting baptized to make my mother proud. I was doing field service to make my mom proud. I was being a good Jehovah's Witness and, 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 and doing all of these things to make my mother proud. And that's where the discrepancy started for me. Um, the other thing about Jehovah's Witnesses is that they allow everybody to be a part. It was like when you once you got old enough, they wanted you to comment at the meetings. You know, you go to the meetings and you raise your hand, you comment. They wanted you to comment. They wanted you to give talks. When I got old enough to read and stuff, they 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 progressed me. They allowed me to give talks and speeches and stuff. And yeah, it's like preaching because they're preparing you to actually be a preacher. I was actually going to be a preacher. And at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I was on stage. I was on stage with a mic in front of me preaching to a bunch of people. That's why I said I could be an actor. I could be a, a podcaster. I could be a stand-up comedian. I could do all that because I have no problem with being on stage because I have stage presence because I was taught that preaching at the Kingdom Hall. And at any given time, there could be 100 people at that hall, me, standing there looking out at them at 10 years old, telling them, this is what you need to do. Telling them, this is how you worship. Telling them my interpretation and telling them that at 10 years old, I can interpretate these scriptures. You know, it was proud. I was proud. I was proud when I gave good talks at the Kingdom Hall. I was proud. I looked out at my mother and my mother would smile, you know, and it was comforting too, because you never got heckled. Even if you messed up, even if you messed up, you had them people out in that audience that look at you and they smile. We know you're messing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they here, they know you're messing up. They looking there, but they smiling. Keep going. Keep going, Tyrone. You got it. Keep going, Tyrone. You got it. And they smiling and they smiling. And he used to say, young brother Livingston. I like that. Brother Livingston. I feel good. At, you know, pump my chest out again, wear my suit. Brother Livingston, that's me. I'm Brother Livingston. I wish it was my dad. I wish it was my dad, but you know, life is life. And my dad wasn't a witness. And you know, the thing is too, if my dad had been a witness, a lot of things that he had done wouldn't have been done. Drugs and alcohol wouldn't have been as prolific in his life had he been a Jehovah's witness, but he just couldn't get that part of his life together. I think he was struggling like I was struggling. I think it got to a point where my dad said, look, I can't have both. I can't do what I'm doing in life and be a Jehovah's Witness. And I think that's um what happened to my dad. And I think that's why he never got to the full witness point. And of course, if you know my dad, my dad can't, my dad can't function in certain, <laughs> in certain situations. Like you ain't gonna slam no door in my dad's face if he knock on your door. You know what I mean? You're not gonna slam the door in his face. You're not gonna spit. If, if anybody, in the history of the planet would have spit in in any area near my mother whether my dad was preaching for jehovah or not they would have been murdered there's no doubt about it there's no there's no getting around it 
because in this, in, in my dad's mind, in my dad's world, in my dad's life, is Linda then the Lord, okay? Jehovah would have been second if somebody would have spit at Linda Livingston and William Livingston was out there. I promise you right now, it wouldn't have been, and he wouldn't have been um, Brother William Livingston. See, at the hall, he would have been Brother William Livingston. And um, and at the door when he preaching, he would have been Brother William Livingston in Phil Service. He would have been Brother William Livingston everywhere. But if somebody would have spit at Linda, that man that would have been on that porch in that suit and that briefcase would have been Bubble. He would have been Mr. Bubble right then. And Mr. Bubble <laughs> is a murderer, okay? At that point, Mr. Bubble would have been a murderer, okay? So, you know, but that being that, my dad never became a witness. He never fully got into it, but he respects my mom. He don't disrespect her. He never tried to make us have Thanksgiving. He never tried to make us have Christmas. He never won against us going to field service. He never, he never fought my mom on anything that she had to do as far as with the kids and as far as us being Jehovah's Witnesses. He supported her all the time. He just never got to that point. Okay, so now what else? What else was the hate on Jehovah's Witnesses? I've heard the cult stuff. I'm not getting into that. I've heard, you know, a lot of stuff about them. I'm not getting into that. I heard that they were trying to, they just try to sell you stuff. And I just know that all of the money that they get from selling you stuff is what pays the bills. I know that they have a contribution box and we put money in the contribution box. I know that they were fully transparent because they would come out and they would say, hey, here's the bills. We got $2,000 this month in contributions. We owe $1,500 this month in bills. We got $500 left to pay the next bills or if somebody needs some money, you know, whatever. This is what is going on. So this is what it do. I've had the privilege of counting some of the contribution boxes. And I ain't going to lie, I've also had the privilege of buying some potato chips with the quarter that I got for the uh for the Watchtower magazine. And don't look at me funny, because I know a lot of you witness kids did that. Don't try to lie. You know you put 35 cent in the in the bag and 25 cent in your pocket sometime. We ain't gonna go the Lord forgives. The Lord forgives. So we just gonna go with that. We just gonna go with that. So um now that I've just dealt with some of the, the criticisms and some of the negative things that I've heard, I'm going to get into uh, more about my personal life with them. And I'm going to do that on the other side. So when I come back from my commercial break, uh, we'll get back into it. See you soon. Okay, so welcome back. So now I've gotten into a lot of the negative backlash that comes from other people outside of the witness organization and outside of the Jehovah's Witness religion. And now I'm just going to tell you about my experience as a kid. I already told you some of it, but here's another thing. Excuse me. Jehovah's Witnesses have um, regular meetings where they, they, you know, they go to the Kingdom Hall, just like church or whatever. We go to the Kingdom Hall, we have our regular meetings. And then they have these things called assemblies and conventions where they get all the witnesses from a certain district or a certain area and they get them all together so we can make new witness friends, meet new people, associate and give big talks to them. And so when we had assemblies, we went to this place called Buckingham. Now, it was great going to Buckingham because my dad had to go. My dad had to go because my mom didn't drive and Buckingham wasn't uh it was in Buckingham PA I don't even really not sure where Buckingham PA is but it wasn't Philadelphia so we had to go to Buckingham and we as kids didn't have money so we didn't go a lot of places 
So that ride to Buckingham for those two days, we got to ride and drive in my dad's car and got to sit in my dad's car and go to the countryside. We got to see cows and grass and farms and all kinds of stuff. Nice ride to Buckingham. The farthest we ever been was to my grandfather's house in Westchester. So the rides to Buckingham were nice. I enjoyed those rides to Buckingham, right? The other thing I enjoyed was those, those rides to Buckingham were great, right? The only thing is you know, my sister Marie was in the car and she don't like long rides because your leg can't touch her leg. And her and Michael, when Michael had to ride to Buckingham with us, and, and his leg would touch her leg, and she'd be like, Michael's leg is touching my leg. And Michael would be like, Sister Livingston, Marie's hitting me. And all that. That was a little bit fun, though. It was a little bit fun, though. I mean, Deborah hated it. My other sister, my older sister, hated it. She used to, yo, if my older sister could have hit them back then in that car, she would have slapped all of them. She would have slapped everybody. But she couldn't. But it was a nice ride. See, it was that family experience right there. And then I love going to Buckingham because at Buckingham, we had to be there all day. We had to be there all day and all night. So they had to, so they fed us. So we got breakfast and then we got lunch. Sometimes we even got dinner at Buckingham and it was nice because we got, it was good food. It wasn't like um prison food. It wasn't like school lunch. It was actually good, prepared good food so you know i'm like man i'm gonna get a good breakfast i'm gonna get a good lunch and i'm gonna get a good dinner i didn't get a good breakfast lunch and dinner at home there was no good breakfast lunch or dinner at my house on a saturday okay breakfast we basically had to eat some hash browns or some burnt biscuits whatever my mom made before we had to get out the field service or or we had to eat that lunch didn't really exist too much Lunch didn't really exist too much. It was like we had to eat breakfast, whatever we had before field service. Once we came back from field service, we was hitting the door. We was hitting the streets. We wasn't about to um eat. We got back from field service. It was like, get my suit off, get my pants on, get out the door before Linda found something else for me to do. I was not about to be in that house going, mom, what's for lunch? So my mom can make lunch. And then I got to wash the dishes after lunch. And then we got to no 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 field service is over i did my jehovah i gotta get out of here so basically we didn't have too much lunch on the weekend and on sunday we definitely didn't have lunch because we had to go to the hall we had to do field service then go to the meeting and my dad always made sunday dinner so we knew we was getting a good dinner because my dad burned in the kitchen and we knew we knew we was gonna get some macaroni and cheese and some pork chops and that juice then my dad buy that juice and he take the gallon of juice and he pour half of it out and pour water in and make two gallons of juice. I was excited. Ooh! I used to be excited as hell, like excited to come home. Uh, I said, hell, that's not bad, but excited to come home and get that food on Sunday. So when we went to Buckingham, three meals, I was excited about the three meals. You know what else excited me about going to Buckingham? I got to see other witness kids from school. Cause they all lived in the same district. So I go to Buckingham and I see somebody. I be like, I saw you at school. I saw you at school too. And then the funny thing, when you see the kid from school that nobody didn't know was a witness and you go, oh snap, James, what are you doing here? And James goes, yeah, my grandma is studying now. So she brought me to this and me, oh good. Good, glad to see you. All oh, nice, glad, to I'm happy to see you here, James. I'm happy to see you here. You know, and then they had ice cream sandwiches and puddings. They had some good puddings. The Jehovah's Witnesses had some good puddings. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, you had the brothers and sisters like like that would give you 
my mom would let me go get an ice cream sandwich and then I eat that ice cream sandwich and then I run around Buckingham for a little while during lunch because we got to run around Buckingham and it was a nice place and it was grass and water stuff. You got to run around and I would run around and then I see Brother Williams. And Brother Williams go, hey, Roni, you want an ice cream sandwich? Yes, I do, Brother Williams. He don't know I had ice cream sandwich already. So I get another ice cream sandwich. Then I see Sister McLemore and she go, hey, I'm Tyrone. You want some pudding? I sure do want some pudding, Sister McLemore. You know what I mean? So it was just, it was so great. I love going to Buckingham. The other thing we had conventions, and they was at Veterans Stadium. Now, Brother McLemore worked at Veterans Stadium. So I got to go to a lot of Phillies games. I went to a lot of Phillies games because he gave my dad Phillies tickets, and he gave us Phillies tickets, and he gave me a lot of Phillies stuff. And I went to a lot of Philadelphia Phillies games at Veterans Stadium. But I love going to Veterans Stadium because it was almost the football field was decorated, so it was almost like I was at a football game, and I always wanted to go to an Eagles game. He couldn't give me them Eagles tickets, but he did give me a lot of Phillies tickets. But when I went to Veterans Stadium, it was almost like a, a football game feeling. It was almost like a football game feeling, you know? It, it, it was nice to go there. It was nice to go there. It was nice to be a part of the assembly. And, you know, one time as a child, I got to be a part of the assembly. I got to be a part of the convention at um at uh veteran stadium i got to actually go out onto the field and stand up and this was time i got to preach and make some comments in front of thousands and thousands of people and i felt like i was a star i felt like i was like you know jay-z taylor swift or somebody up there you know i'm preaching and i'm 10 years old and i'm preaching to a stadium full of people thousands of people there at veteran stadium and they all looking down on me and you know what see jehovah's witnesses could pack a place out if you want to sell out your concert, make it a witness. You Jehovah's Witnesses will show up if it's good, wholesome. You know, it's wholesome. You know, them conventions was uh, standing room only sometimes. And the only thing I didn't like, Michael, Mom, <sighs> Margaret, I, I miss her a lot. You know, and just sitting here, just thinking about her, it's like, I wish she was here. But um, she always liked to sit all the way up top in the nosebleed. She liked the 700 section. I don't know why she liked it, but she loved it. And her and my mom was best friends. So we had to go sit up there. That was the only thing I didn't like. We had to walk all the way up, <clears throat> all those ramps. We had to get up to section 700. And we had to go all the way up all those ramps and sit all the way up at the top of the thing. And they didn't even have seats up there. We sitting on the, on the bleachers. Oh, mom, why we can't ever sit down in the chairs? Why we got to sit up in the bleachers and then everybody we know is far, far away from us? You know what else was funny, too? What was great about um, Veteran Stadium is that we used to have to get, they used to give us, my mom used to give us, let us take binoculars there. And we used to have binoculars. And we used to take the binoculars and look through the binoculars and try to find um, our friends, try to find people that we knew in the binoculars. That was a fun time and a fun game. So I have fun going to um, Veterans Stadium. I have fun going to Buckingham. I have fun with all of that. Also, I got to say that the Jehovah's Witnesses, um, being a part of that, led me to uh, a lot of relationships in my life that I would have not had. My brother, Michael, is my brother. Right. And there's a chance. There's a great chance. Matter of fact, there's, I, I, I honestly believe uh, this man that's been a part of my life, my entire life, this man, that's my brother, this man that also connected me to another man in Joseph that is also now my brother. 
this man that because I was a part of his life took me to a, a, a whole different community of people that I've never that I've never dealt with. This man that I've known my whole life that helped me establish relationships with white people. See, as, as a child growing up, um, where I grew up at in West Philly, I didn't have relationships with white people. You know, I didn't have any white kids at my school. I didn't have any white friends. I had some white family members that I met here and there. I did not have any kind of relationship or any kind of dealings with white folks at all. And through this man, that's my brother. I met a white man that is now my brother. And I've been put in communities with white folks based on my relationship with this man. And all of that stemmed from my mom being a Jehovah's Witness, meeting his mother who was Jehovah's Witness, and, and his mother saying, hey, I'm, 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 I'm doing this nursing thing. I'm working late hours. I got a bad schedule. And my mom being a witness saying, hey, don't worry about it. You're a single mother. You're Jehovah's Witness. I love Jehovah. I love you. Send the boy on over. Send the boy over here. Now, me and my sisters did resent it. I ain't going to lie. We resented it because this boy could eat. This boy could eat. And it's like, we barely getting dinner. <laughs> you know, it's like, we's barely getting dinner. And now this boy is over here getting dinner. Then you got my cousins coming. Everybody just come over here and eat our food. We don't we don't have much, but come over here and, and eat it. You know? Because my mom was a Jehovah's Witness. Took care of everybody. Still do. <clears throat> Still do. Kids that I don't know, that I have no relationship with, to come up and say, hey, Uncle Tyrone, uncle? How, how did I become your uncle? Oh, because me, mom, me, mom. She is the neighborhood Mima. She is everything to everybody. You know? And it's endearing. It's endearing. I ain't gonna lie. I act like I'm mad about it, but it's endearing. It's endearing when people in the street say, your mother, man, she's a saint. It's endearing when people in the street say, oh, Mima, Mima, Mima. It's endearing when people in the street say, oh, Sister Livingston. Oh, I love Sister Livingston. Sister Livingston, so nice. I love her, I love her, I love her. And I, it's endearing. It makes me feel good that I have a good parent because of the, some of the stuff I hear about my dad. <laughs> but my dad's cool too because everybody likes Bubble too. Everybody likes my dad on the street. Everybody likes him. He's a cool guy. I mean, he just got his issues, but he's a cool dude, you know? But for the most part, it's endearing when people come to me and say good things about my parents. But it's also annoying because sometimes I get in this house with me, mom, and I, oh, man. Sister Livingston ain't, ain't what you think, okay? Because Sister Livingston will come in here and, and, and whoop some behind. You know what I'm saying? We used to get some behind whoopings because kids are gift from God and he says you the ride, right? <laughs> the ride of discipline to set them kids straight. Yeah, me, mom firmly believed in that too. That was the aspect of her Jehovah's Witness belief that you definitely was going to get that behind uh, taken care of. But in all in all, my mom's a wonderful person. You know, and I've met this man that's my brother through my mom being a wonderful person, my mom being a Jehovah's Witness, my mom wanting to uh, help out a fellow witness, and my mom developing this deep friendship with this person, with his mother, that allowed me to develop a deep friendship with him that has lasted forever, that has brought me to new family members, that has brought me to Lynette. That's brought me to um, 
to my grandma, Ronnie Abel, who I love, that has brought me to um, his son, Justin, who I love, that has brought me to Joseph and his family, Barbara and his dad and his mom and his sister, who I love. You know what I mean? That has also brought me to a fact that I've met a woman in, in Toya who I love that had children who I loved and I was able to introduce them into my brother and now they're all part of my life. Now they're part of my family. And all of this goes all the way back to my mother and me being Jehovah's Witnesses and me being a Jehovah's Witness as a child. All of that came from that. So do I want to take my, even, even though I may not be a part of that now, do I want to take it back now? If, I'm, if, if it had not been for my mom sticking with Jehovah's Witnesses, if it had not been for my mom making us stick with being Jehovah's Witnesses for as long as she could and enduring that, I would have none of these relationships. And it kept me out of the streets. I didn't get into the streets until I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. You know? I didn't get into the violence. I didn't get into the fights. I Most of the time, I ran. You know, I ran and it hurt me so bad to run. You know what's the problem too? It hurt me so bad to run because my dad and my older sister was adamant about not being scared. My dad and my older sister was adamant about not being scared. My dad and my older sister was adamant about not being a punk. And my older sister, my dad trained my older sister to be a fighter and she trained me. I was beat down. Okay. I, I, I was beat down and I was hurt and I could fight. As a child, didn't want to, didn't want to get into my to a fight on the street and have my mom hear about it. Didn't want to get into a fight on the street or a fight at school and 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 to be disrespectful to Jehovah, disrespectful to my mother. So I ran. A lot of times as a child, I avoided confrontation. No, <laughs> I wish I could do that now, but I cannot. I I, I kind of got I kind of go towards the confrontation now. I wish it. You know what I mean, sometimes I'll be like, I wish you would. Yeah, you know, but that's just the bubble in me. That's just the training that I had as a child. But you know, I ran from a lot of fights. I avoided a lot of confrontation as a child. I've crossed the street. Okay, and I didn't do a lot of stuff that I wanted to do. I didn't hang out with certain people because they were worldly. But guess what? Some of those people are dead. Some of those people that I wanted to hang out with as a child that my mom said no because they was worldly, some of them are dead. You know what else? There was children that my mom did allow me to hang out with that wasn't witness kids because my mom also as a witness still had the ability to see the good in other people. So she had a friend too that passed away, Kim Patterson, who lived down the street. And I was always allowed to go down there. I was always welcome to go to their house. I was always welcome to talk to their sons. And their son, Jason and Jerry, are still um, associates of mine to this day. I wouldn't say we're great friends anymore because they life took them one way, life took me one way. But Jerry and Jason are still um, men on this planet that I that I consider that I love, that I know love me, that I know would show up at my funeral. That I know at a time when their mom got sick, I was there. I was there. I made the visits. I made the calls. I supported my brothers. And I met them and I was allowed to be have friendships with them once again because my mom was a Jehovah's Witness and because my mom had a love in her heart for people that she knew was going to be good to her children that weren't going to influence me to be out in the streets 
that weren't going to take me down a bad path. Good thing to do. Good thing to know. Um, also, look, I've met people being told me to say, look, this guy, Brother Williams, that I mentioned earlier, Brother Williams, called me Roni. Now, look, I didn't like Roni at all. Nobody better not call me Roni ever. Roni is not my name. I don't like it. I do not like it. This man could call me Roni, and he called me Roni until the day he died, he called me Roni. Even when I was grown and I wasn't a witness no more, I saw this man on the street. Roni, is that you? Is that my Roni? And I I respect that man. He loved me. This man genuinely loved me. The McLemore family. The McLemore family loved me and took care of me as a child. Took care of me. Brother McLemore took care of me. Sister McLemore took care of me. I've been in their car. I've been in their home. I've ate dinners with them. I've been almost a part of their family. They took care of me. They bought me food. They brought me suits when I didn't have clothes, socks, anything I needed shoes if i needed something these people helped out my mom a lot these people took care of me a lot i i've never garnered this, this kind of relationship these kind of relationships i never had that kind of love from people outside of my i didn't get that kind of love from my family outside of my mom i didn't get that kind of love from from my family as i got from the macklemore family not to mention they was good looking people they was good looking people. Not that I wasn't proud of my family, but when I went out with the Macklemores and I felt like I was one of them, I was, once again, I puffed my chest out. I'm a Macklemore. I'm a Macklemore. You know what I'm saying? And Jill Macklemore, their daughter, Jill Macklemore, when I tell you, when I tell you that Jill Macklemore was what I would like to call, as everybody who listened to my podcast know, a red lobster cheddar bay biscuit. Jill McLemore was a red lobster cheddar bay biscuit. And although my dealings with her weren't sexual, my dealings with her weren't in that mindset of that I was going to try to make her my girlfriend or make her my wife or marry her or anything like that, I still felt good when I got to walk down the street holding hands with Jill McLemore. I still felt good when I got to go places and I'm in a car sitting next to Jill McLemore. Because they never in the, in the regular world outside of being an old witness. I ain't sitting next to Jill McLemore, okay? I'm not sitting next to Jill McLemore. I'm not holding hands with Jill McLemore. I went to Six Flags Great Adventure with Jill McLemore. And I still remember it vividly to this day. It was one of the best days of my life. I was about 12, and that was one of the best days of my life. I was at Six Flags Great Adventure with Jill McLemore. It was almost like a date. It was like a date. I was happy. Woo-wee. Jill McLemore. And I mean, she stayed that way even grown to this day. I see Jill McLemore. You know, she don't talk to me because I ain't, you know, I'm not a witness no more. I'm not into that. But she says hello. She's got respect. But, man, even to this day, I mean, I, I haven't seen her in a few years, but I've seen Jill McLemore. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of nice-looking witness females that gave me that same feeling. And Gina Connors, Gina Connors is, is very nice. Gina Connors was very um pretty. Her whole family, the Connors family too, they all was like, they was like the Kardashians. The Connors family was the Kardashians of our kingdom hall. Okay, they was like the Kardashians before the Kardashians. We would listen. I ain't gonna lie, my brother noticed. We would go to the meeting and we were sitting at Kingdom Hall and we knew they was gonna be late. <laughs> they was late. The Connors was always late to the meeting, but we knew they was coming. But when the Connors came in, all the eyes turned to them. 
that kind of family was good lord good looking and i was proud because when i um used to go out on the street and i used to be with the kind of girls they didn't know i was with them because we was jehovah's witnesses they didn't know that they just see what's the, what's the young boy doing what what's he doing with gina why is Gina with him? And I ain't going to say, oh, Gina's with me because we just came back from the hall and I just walked home with them. I ain't going to say, oh, Gina with me because um, we we about to go to field service or nothing like that, I mean, you know, or we got to meet a hall gather nothing. I'm like, Gina's with me. Gina Connors is with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I felt good. I felt good to, to be next to the Connors. They with the Kardashians. The Connors was the Kardashians. Man, man, I still and they nice too. They nice. I still have um little conversations with Gina here and there. She was good friends with my um with my little sister Shamika. So Gina's all right, you know, and Jill, Jamie, all of them. We we ended up being good friends with Jamie and her son Sterling. They, we ended up being kind of really decent friends. They had a decent family, and I met them and I liked them. Um, Tracy so well. Tracy is a great, great, great friend to my mom. And in this world, with how bad the world is today, you meet honest, good people. Tracy is an honest, good person. I love her so much. She she's always there for my mom. Always helpful. Always there for her. all. You know, I can't ask for my mom to have a better friend than Tracy. I mean, if my mom had a sister, that would be her. You know what I'm saying? So, the relationships that have come, and the experiences that have come. From my mother being a Jehovah's Witness and sticking with it this whole time, it, it, you can't take that away. You can't get that back. It, it's some of the greatest people I've met in my life, some of the greatest experience I've met in my life. Like I said, I wouldn't have Michael. I wouldn't have Joseph. I wouldn't have never met the McLemore family. I wouldn't have never been walking down the street with Gina Connors. I wouldn't have never did any of that. I wouldn't have never spent as much time that I spent in Veteran Stadium. I would have never got to stand at, on a stage in front of thousands and thousands of people as a 10-year-old child. I would have never had the, a lot of the confidence that I have now. I would have never had the ability to talk to people how I have the ability to talk to people now. I probably wouldn't be hosting this podcast. And to tell you the truth, the neighborhood I grew up in, I could be dead. I could be dead. So even though I'm not a part of that religion no more, even though I left that religion, even though, you know, uh may or may not believe in when in what they preach i do not regret being a part of it i do not regret my mother being a part of it i do not resent my mom and i'm so happy that my mom has these community of people that love her you know sister finkley too sister finkley sister finkley took care of us you know she lives right across the street um right across the street right across the hall from michael's apartment we used to go over there and eat we could always go over there and eat sister finkley always took care of us you know um well i remember sister lockridge I, sister lockridge is still going strong still at the hall still praying um still giving her um talks and her preaching and i remember because she used to have this voice here, hey brother green when my mom sometimes i'll be in my mom's house and she'd be on her um on her Zoom uh, witness meeting, and I hear Sister Lockridge, hey, Brother Green, hey, brothers, when she comment, and it warms my heart. It warms my heart to hear Sister Lockridge's voice. It warms my heart to know that my mom's friend, Sister Smith, older woman, Sister Smith, and me used to go over her house too. And it warms my heart that this woman, this older woman, Sister Smith, is um, still alive. And my, and, and my mom still talks to her, and she's still a part of our lives. 
You know what I mean? So the connections that I made with people, some of the relationships that I've had with people, some of the times in my life, some of the most fun times in my life was part of um, being a Jehovah's Witness. <clears throat> so do I hate my time as a Jehovah's Witness? No. Do I have resentment towards that religion? No. Do I still have love for these people? Yes. And do I feel as though they are good people? They, most of them, unless they're leading adult life, most of the Jehovah's Witness people you meet are going to be good people. They're not going to do you dirty. They're not going to stab you in the back. They're not going to um, steal from you. They're going to be honest. They're going to be now, you know, and with all religions and with everything you do, there's some people, there's some wrong ones. But for the most part, my mom has been able to decipher that. My mom has been able to, she's established relationships with a lot of witnesses that all seem to be on the up and up and up and up, you know? So my mom is good at picking out good people and good people attract good people. Nobody wants to be bad to Linda. Nobody wants to be bad to me, mom. Nobody wants to do nothing bad to Sister Livingston, okay? When my mom walked down the street, the drug dealers, the drug addicts, everybody, the thug life, the killers, the murderers, the gangsters, and all that, they move out the way. Sister Livingston is coming. Me, mom, is coming. Miss Linda is coming down the street. Move out the way. Don't say nothing. How you doing? Don't cuss. Don't hit your baby mama while Miss Linda is walking past. Don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Respect. And all of that comes from my mom being a um a, a Jehovah's Witness because she could have easily been out here being a drug addict. She could have easily been out here being anything. And with the stresses my mom was going through in her life, with the stresses, my sisters, me, the only child she had that was good was my adopted brother and my baby sister, Chamika was the only two children out of 151 that behaved themselves, <laughs> okay? So my mom had a lot of stress going on and she's still proud. She's still proud of us. She's still proud of us. She still loves us. She still takes care of us. She still takes care of my children. She's got a bunch of grands and she's still, she's me mom to them. She's me mom to the world. I love her so much. And that comes from Jehovah. I'm sorry to say, I don't care what God is up there. Me mom, Big Al, Linda Livingston, Sister Livingston, Miss Linda, and whatever anybody else calls her, came from Jehovah. And um, uh, what else? What else? And with that being said, I guess I can end this episode. And like I said, this wasn't an episode about religion. This wasn't an episode about your God or this God or who you believe in or what you believe in or what they believe. This was a, just an episode to clear up some things with 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 how I feel about those witnesses and, and, and just to give you a little bit of enlightenment on how it ain't, it, everything's not as bad as, as people think it is and, and how good comes from everything. And I do want to say this good comes from having some God, even if it, it, it whatever you got is, there's some good that does come from being a part of a religion or, 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 or part of any organization, maybe not a cult, because all the cult people die, don't they? Or they kill people, they molest kids. I don't cults are bad, not cults, but but established organizations, even even like the POWs, police athletic league, even Girl Scouts and stuff like that, there are good things that come from uh, establishing these these um organizations and these relationships and things like that of that nature. But with that being said, this is the um Lisper Podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone. I I I made a valiant attempt to not curse. And if you want to take the H word that I said earlier as a cuss word, I'm sorry. I apologize. But I don't think that that's as bad as, uh, you know, 
what I usually say. And with that being said, I'll see you next time. Have a good one.